And hello everyone, welcome back to Top of the Card, the five-person wrestling podcast where we talk about wrestling as it goes every other week. Uh, to that end, we are not timely, but we are opinionated. It is Top of the Card Pod on Twitter, Top of the Card Podcast, wherever you find it, you found it here, but it's on iTunes, it's on Spotify, it's on Google Play, it's on all those places. Thank you for listening. I'm one of your co-hosts, Scott, joining me as always again, because he's here again, is CT. How are you doing, CT? I am doing fantastic, as always, excited to kick back with a nice cold beer and talk with my good friends about a fictionalized sport that we all invest probably too much effort in but and time in. But you know what? It's fun, and we're here, and I'm excited. We, we definitely do all of those things. That's a good segue to talk about the Frontline Prediction League, FPL. Uh, Frontline League is our Twitter handle for that. You can get the Discord into our both of Discord. It's all, it's all in one. It's through that as well. We've had a double shot weekend coming up. We're going to talk about those later in uh, the, the show as well. But let's go over to Bear Me because you mentioned a cold one. Bear Me, how you doing? Bear Me? Doing well. Hey, there I'm is. doing rather well. Hey. Except I, except I don't have a cold beer in front of me. But Boo. I'm pretty sure CT will drink one for me too. But I'm doing pretty good. I'm here to talk all things wrestling. We have a lot to talk about and some very interesting topics to talk about. So how are you doing, Scott? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. And yeah, this went from like not really a big topic to something actively developing because it is Dynamite Night. It's October 5th and Sammy Guevara and Andrade are doing what they do. But we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, Red, how are you doing? Good. I've, uh, I'm actually excited for this week's recording. I've been waiting a couple days and I just want to get this in and uh, have a few opinions tonight. So <laughs> it'll be interesting. Yeah, there's some like I said, interesting stuff compared to usual. It's it's a, a smorgasbord of stuff. GMSG, what about you? How are you doing? I am super tired. So much wrestling's coming up. It's crazy. Thankfully, Wednesday Night Dynamite started off with chaos, so can't wait to talk about that. Yeah, we'll get to that. We're, we're probably going to go through some of these first things kind of quick because there's not much to them. They're just kind of like, oh, neat, some noteworthy stuff. And then it, shit gets real. Let's, let's just put it that way. So we'll dive in first off with, as always, chronologically, Candice LeRae returned to Raw. So she didn't really return. To, came back to WWE. A surprise, again. Canada, again. So Gargano in Toronto and uh, Candice in Edmonton, which was kind of extra funny. It makes it wonder how they're getting people across the border and no one sees it. That's extra funny to think about. But Candice is back. Uh, very well received. People, like... People in multiple companies are happy for her, so that's just one of those cool things to see. Like, oh, people like this person. That's just good. And, yeah, I'm glad Candice is back. I liked her a lot. And uh, that that's honestly all I've got. I think she's a good addition to the division and just, just kind of just good all around. Uh, GMSG, to go back the other way, what do you think on this? I love it. I hope in the next year or so we get DIY. That'd be awesome. <laughs> Have Ciampa, Gargano, Theory, Loomis, Indy, and Candice all together. I oh, love Giant Family. It'll be awesome. Indy Hartwell is the only one the, in NXT. Like, they were all there. And then Gargano left. His contract expired. Candice's contract, uh, I believe she, I believe she was released or her contract expired. I think it expired because she was pregnant and just kind of went with that. Dexter was released. And Theory went to Raw. And now Gargano came back to Raw, and then Dexter came back to NXT and Raw, and then Candice came to Raw. It's like, what? <laughs> their their call up to the main roster was leaving first. It, that's that's a fun one for the way, but yeah, 
we just need Indy up there, and that's the way reunited. Except, you know, Gargano's feuding with Theory, and as expected, that is how it should be. But, but you're happy for the Ohio family? They live in Ohio still, right? Yep. I'm about 20 minutes out of Cleveland. <laughs> so, yeah. Not that far. The wrestling family. What about you, Red? I know you've been a fan of Candace, I believe, right? Like, this is me thinking, Red's a fan, or is he? I don't know. <laughs> I know of her. I, I don't remember a lot. I know she, she was good. I mean, that, not that much. But uh, uh, the, the thing I was going to say was I really enjoyed the way they debuted her, basically similar to how they debuted Organa when he returned. It was just complete shock. Nobody had any hints of it. It was like even the uh, dirt sheets had it listed for I believe it was Nikki Ashford's dewdrop and she comes out and it was just like suddenly this was the second raw uh, in a row I went to bed and then look at my phone and go really I missed another damn debut <laughs> I wasn't expecting it it was just so shocking and just random and gr- that's the part I loved about it is there was no rumor or anything like oh this person may be coming blah 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 it was legit shock. Yeah, there was no inklings of it. We saw Candice holding the newborn, watching Johnny on Raw. Like, she was posting photos of it. Like, this is great. This is fun. Little did we know that two weeks later, (laughs) she'd be coming out also on Raw. That's that's pretty great. Yeah, I really dug it. I was a little bit more cold on the Gargano return just because I felt like they really could have built that up to be a bigger moment. But, like, Candice is the perfect person where it's exciting to have her Obviously, the women's division is rather thin, so I think that's a division that fits someone really like Candice really well. She's a great performer. Um, I don't think I necessarily know a lot of her like great matches or great work when I have to point to something where I'm like, oh, that's a defining Candice LeRae moment other than when the Young Bucks like super kick the hell out of her with um, t- uh, thumbtack shoes. Um, but no, I think it's great, and immediately... Her presence is known. I think that you're, she's a person who you could easily put the title on. I'm a big fan of this. I think that moment you mentioned with the Bucks and also the lumbar check by Cedric Alexander, where she bounces, is like, oh, God. Um, yeah, it's kind of a weird thing. As you said that, I realized I couldn't name specifically like a single Candice LeRae match. I'm like, this is a must watch. But I can't think of any bad ones. Outside of, yeah, there was some when with the women's title matches where it was a bit rough, I think with toxic attraction, some of those were a bit sloppy, but I still, I didn't even hate them. Like they were, I wouldn't call them outright bad. This is oh, okay. A little, a little too quick, but she's, it's a weird thing to say like, Oh, I can't think of any standout moment. And yet she's great. Like just very, very good at it. And this could lead to those breakout moments. Like, it's not like that's a bad thing. It's just not never quite had that moment yet, but being on raw, it's the place to be for that. So definitely a good thing there. Well, I mean, I'm happy that she's back. I think that she is a great worker. One of uh, one of my favorite matches for her, she didn't win it. But remember when Io Shirai first turned heel in NXT, they had a match on TakeOver. It was really, really good where she ended up losing by submission, but it was really fantastic. I think, a lot like Argano, uh, I just think that she needs a little bit more character work, and then she's good to go because her in-ring is phenomenal. She kind of reminds me a lot of Liv Morgan. So, but... I'm very happy, and it's good to see a wrestling couple back in the company. So, mm-hmm. To think of it, too, she had the baby December, I think it was, January, and she came back late September. That's fast. <laughs> Realistically, like that's quicker than Becky came back. 
uh, that's, I think, faster than Sue Young, because I think she's... It's been a year for Sue at this point. Like, goddamn, that's quick. I mean, Ronda was out longer, but it's Ronda Rousey. She takes time and makes a, a big moment out of it. So, yeah, Candace, it's kind of kind of crazy she came back that quickly. So, No, I think sky's the limit for her. I think, like CT said, boasts, boosts the roster. And, yeah, nothing but good will come from that. And it's fun. And I, I agree with what you said, Red. I like the idea that, like, there was nothing indicating it. Suddenly, like, oh, God, someone's back. Like... Like you said, you felt... It's not that they want you to feel regret that you missed it purely in that moment, but now you're like, I gotta watch all of next week. Like, that's what they want you to do. They, they want to make sure that you're watching everything, and there, there's something else they're doing that is in there. We'll get to that in a bit, but... Um, one thing I forgot about as far as returns and debuts, and I wrote it on my notes here before we get to the next bit, is Bobby Fish went to Impact. Now, when he went there... There was a fan, this is, I think this was during, what, Victory Road, which was their Friday Impact Plus pay-per-view. I watched it, it was fun, but he's out there, and he's, like, the, the crowd's happy to see him, but it's Bobby Fish, let's be honest, he's not exactly a marquee draw, but someone, basically, from the crowd was yelling out, that guy's a punk. <laughs> and, of course, Bobby Fish doesn't like CM Punk, that's well documented, it's kind of hilarious. He's spinning that part of his career now. Uh, he's going to be in the Call Your Shot gauntlet of Bound for Glory. That's with big names like Moose, Macklin, uh, PCO's in it, Heath is in it. There's a lot like that. So he's in that one. He probably won't win it. They never win that kind of thing. But it's a good get for Impact while he waits for the rest of the era to go back to WWE. Right, Bear Me? <laughs> that's, that's kind of what we were thinking, right? Like, he's got to do something, right? So Impact looks like a fun fit for a while. Yeah, it doesn't even have to be long-term. He could just be there for a little while. The crowd ate it up when he was there. I mean, he his promo was great. With, with he was bashing CM Punk. And it was just funny. And then, uh, what's my, what you call it? Uh, Mahabali Shira. And I can't remember his manager's name. They came out. And they're never even on TV. Probably, but, well, I mean, they're yeah. on TV here and there. But even on like Impact TV, they're not there much. I, I truly forget his name. Yeah, and Bobby Fish did a solid flying knee. It was probably his best oh. one he's ever done. Shufla flew off. And he's been around for 7,000 years, so <laughs> he's done a lot of them. <laughs> but, yeah, he's, he'd be good in there for a while. You know, you could build him up and have him maybe go after Alexander or Eddie Edwards, whichever one wins the title of Bound for Glory, for a nice little spinoff until, you know, he goes back to WWE or does whatever. Because he could always go back to WWE and maybe team with Roddy Strong and do a little bit of the era stuff there. But it's a good get for Impact for right now, I would say. Anybody else excited for Bobby Fish and Impact? I know I kind of even said that in a loaded way. Like when Fish first left, he main evented Triple Mania last year for the Mega Championship in a five-way match with Bandito and Hito Del Vikingo, I think Jay Lethal and... I want to say it was John Hennigan. I, I, I want to say I forget the fifth, but Bobby Fish was in that, and that was a big, big match for him, big thing. This obviously isn't this big, but anybody else excited for Bobby Fish and Impact? Again, I say it in a loaded way, but it, it's kind of muted. It's Bobby Fish. He's not exactly a huge draw. I guess it just depends on how long he's actually there, because there's been a lot of people that come in and had it like three or four matches over a few months and then left, so we'll see. I'm interested. 
I mean, to your point, Mia Yim's contract is rumored to be expiring at Bound for Glory. She's only been there like six months. So, like, we're in the era of short-term stuff if the companies are willing to do it. So he might only be there for six months. Maybe he's only there through Slammiversary. Maybe he signed a five-year deal. Who the heck knows at this point? What about you, Red? I'm indifferent. I'm... I might hurt Beering's feelings, but honestly, I never was a fan of Undisputed Era other than Adam Cole. Felt like Adam Cole in the Three Avengers. The only time Kyle O'Reilly became big was when the other two left. It was Adam Cole versus Adam, uh, Kyle O'Reilly. Uh, I, the dude looks like he's 60 years old. I know he might not be, but he looks old and whatever. I'm not like, into him. I'm not against him. He's on TV. I'll watch him, but I'm not going out of my way to find him. I think that's to my point. Like I said, he's not much of a draw. He'll he'll be good for the roster. Like he he will definitely be good for the the matches and to learn from. He is a veteran. He's been around seven thousand years, like Beermy said, but, but legitimately a long time in actual wrestling, real terms. But what about you, CT? Yeah, I mean, he's just kind of there, but I think that's also Impact to a point. Like Impact is kind of known for having these guys who don't necessarily have the most charisma or character or like you know emotional drawing power from the audience but they put in really good matches um and there are exceptions to that i'm not saying everyone in impact follows that rule but like that's kind of stereotypical like impact mid card slash upper card level so like i don't know i think he's gonna fit in fine am i invested to see what bobby fish does no but like you know he's a solid hand i don't think it's that bad of a thing um i will say his time he's getting old like if he's gonna go to um wwe and really like do something uh, that clock is ticking, but for now, I think this is, you know, a fine fit. Yeah, I think he's a good get for them. Uh, it's something different for him to do. It's it's a chance to try to prove he can stand on his own, or at least try to. Because, uh, like Red said, he's been part of the era for that long. I don't know if Beermy wants to retort against what Red said and get some some back and forth there, because I know Beermy loved the era. I think we all generally like the era to some extent, but all kind of feel that yeah fish was the weakest and i don't mean that he wasn't good but he was just bland like even i remember talking with matt zion years ago where they he was worried for everybody on the main roster except adam cole because they're all just generic bland white guys and he's not wrong <laughs> there's ways now like the, the main roster is different now and who's running it and what they see in people and what they can do with it but even when you still get down to it bobby fish is still pretty bland this anti-punk edge might be that turning point where like, he can run with it like Cardona does with a shirt for every damn thing that crosses his mind. Maybe Fish can get something out of that. I don't know. but No, I agree. I mean, with your point about Fish being bland, he kind of is. That's why he was in the tag. Like, he really wasn't like a singles guy. Even though Roddy really wasn't... Roddy was pretty bland too until he got to the era and then like hanging around... Cole and I think O'Reilly he started getting a lot of personality and character to his character so he's gotten a lot better but yeah Bobby Fish is pretty bland I'm not gonna lie and I kind of agree with what Red said it did kind of feel like Adam Cole and the Three Musketeers in a way but that's just Adam Cole it's who he is he's he's a big deal like when he was there he was the guy so that's just how it is sometimes you know you got Roman up in on Smackdown he's the guy and then there's everybody else it's just the lay of the land sometimes. Now, the next bit is, I want to say it's, like, it's more serious, obviously, but 
it is relating to actual like real world stuff that's happening but it's just we're trying to cover like the good stuff here too not that bobby fish candy candy slurry coming back weren't good but um with hurricane ian and there was another one i forget the name of it but uh both making landfall wrecking fort myers florida i believe it was the way aw was talking is like look all talent coming to tv is not mandatory this was for last week because i believe they were in jacksonville i think or orlando uh and wwe did the same thing later for their shows like no talent is mandated to come family comes first obviously just it's a good thing like that's that's really it uh, there's they've, they've we've seen this kind of thing before with the COVID era even which for the record pandemic isn't over i don't care what your politicians say or mine because they both said it's done but i don't care uh it's it, there's certain things that just get precedent and that's the way it should be so like yeah kudos for doing what you're supposed to do of course yeah but it'd be remiss not to mention it um i luckily live in a part of canada that doesn't get hurricanes we don't even get tornadoes we get storms like we don't even get those winter uh weird shaped storms that hit like i think guelph last uh march there was a weird shaped one we don't get that we just get dumped on by like three feet of snow that's about it uh now i ask my four american compatriots here ct i know you're in california you get the earthquakes but the other guys do you get tornadoes and shit down there like we just got a hurricane what are you talking about oh yeah i I don't i don't know well see we never have gotten anything like that but we got the remnants of a hurricane in mexico the other week okay we got like light rain overnight so it was brutal i i know i'm more eastern of Birmingham, so i definitely get remnants of hurricanes every year multiple times so and tornadoes end right where i live so we get hit with everything yeah what's tornado alley that's that's that area like is that the georgia Texas, area up, I think? oklahoma it's yeah. like the south so, mid if you take like the northeast like top hat part of texas and you go straight to cleveland that's basically tornado valley okay we're at the end yeah of it. Yeah, we pretty much get we we don't really get tornadoes where I live. Knock on wood, yeah, but they have been in like the area around me. Mm-hmm. I mean, we usually just get like the major storms, or like in the winter it'll it'll snow quite a bit. But other than that, it's it's not too bad where I live. In red, what about out your way? I get two to three hurricanes a year. Yeah. Um, they, they're I don't want to say they're common because they're always different in strength, but I'm pretty comfortable when they come into town. I know when I need to leave. I know when I don't need to leave. This last one, it really wasn't that bad. I mean, we've had thunderstorms in the middle of the summer that are worse than what we've had. But I've also had hurricanes where uh, no electricity for a week. So I, I'm grateful that I didn't get much of this. But I know Florida, they're, they're going to be destroyed for a few months, if not a couple years. Like, they got hit hard with the Category 4. I, that's just brutal we usually just get like a rough wind or massive amount of rain it's not usually a combo of that like in 2012 hurricane sandy somehow came to ohio through pennsylvania so that was a thing but it's it's just usually the heavy winds or rain but not as bad like i lost power the other day yeah i know a friend of the show lee uh he got some remnants of it out his way because he's in the atlantic provinces in canada and when it goes up the east coast it goes all the way and hits up into there 
Uh, every, he's all fine. Everything's good. They just got like dumped on with rain, like CT was talking about. But uh, yeah, I, I just kind of mentioned it. Like I said, I have no frame of reference. I'm thankful for that, even though, like, yeah, I hate storms, and I live in Thunder Bay. That's a, a genius move on my part. We get storms all the time here, but it's just thunderstorms, whatever. But um, I know that WWE is partnering with Red Cross for charity work, and that's that's saying something when it's also the Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and they're partnering with uh, Komen, I believe, for that, uh, as they always do. So, like, they're running multiple charities for that. I know that's a thing. I don't know if AEW is. They generally do, though, so I'm not going to say they aren't doing it. Of course not. They probably are doing something. They're based in Florida, basically, with Jacksonville, so I'm sure they're doing stuff as well. So just, yeah, that that kind of push there, because I'm sure when this kind of stuff happens, the last thing you're thinking of is, you know, got to go fly across the country to go work or got to fly into that for work. Like, I, I'm, yeah, like, it's it's the right call, obviously, to mandate, like, Take care of your family. Take care of your house. Do whatever you got to do first compared to go watch a wrestling show or go be in a wrestling show. So obvious stuff there. I mean, that's that, that's what we do here. If stuff comes up, yeah, go ahead. Whatever. Like real life comes first. Absolutely. hundred percent. And that can actually segue into the next bit because the whole stuff with Malachi Black got weird in that there, there were rumors. And I know it's a weird segue, but rumors he got released because after all out, he basically kissed the fans goodbye and hugged the rest of the House of Black, and then he wasn't on there, and they even referenced that. Like, he cut the head off the snake, the rest will fight, which is not how it goes, but that's how Brody King and them did it. And then there was rumors that he got released, and then you look at the White Rabbit stuff, that's coming up, but there was references to the opening lines of his song, the uh, Aleister Black's song, and which could also just be a quote, but got people thinking. And then he legitimately went on, I think it was on Instagram, and did a live video saying he's not been released. He will come back to AEW. He is taking time off for mental reasons, which was known prior to that. And that's, again, take time for yourself. Like, we've, we've talked about that before uh, with the suicide type stuff, with Eddie Kingston talking about it and everything going on last month with suicide prevention awareness. Same thing here. Like, take take time for yourself. That's that's it. it no, nothing is worth getting so heated over that it causes a meltdown or or stuff like that. Whether you're, no matter what level of wrestling you're in, is kind of what I'm kind of getting at. So, even though we get heated and we might call each other idiots here on this podcast, um, it's not. We're friends. <laughs> we know what's what. We know what's going on. Uh, but regarding the whole Malachi thing, uh, is, if anybody wants to chime in on that, uh, Red, I know you were following some of the stuff with him. I know we largely all thought in a way that he was misused, but that's like an, a common AEW thing. But I want to go to you here because even though he was in the All-Atlantic 4-Way and he's in high-profile stuff with Sting here and there, this really did fit your thing to a T where you've said multiple times about the shiny new toy getting used for a bit, then cast aside and brought up now and then when you remember him. I myself have said many times, no, I don't see that. I don't see it happening. I'll eat crow on this because it, it felt like that with Malachi quite a bit. And, I mean, Brian Cage wrestled tonight for the first time since December in AEW, for crying out loud. So it's, it, it is a thing that's happening. So I want to go to you first, Red, for your thoughts on, I guess that in general, but especially regarding Malachi Black. 
I'm still on the fence if he actually is leaving because the way that he left that pay-per-view, it looked like he was gone. Now, if he's just taking a mental break and he's coming back to AEW, then so be it. Everybody in the internet world was like, WWE bound, WWE bound. I mean, could be. He legit could be just doing a, a mental break. Then when you see Buddy Murphy do the same thing, it's like, okay, now we're starting to see a trend possibly of people that are really trying to get out of here now that the Triple H era has taken over. Again, that rumor has been shot down. It seems like both of them are staying at AEW. Until they show back up, I still don't believe it. I think where they show up next will answer all of our questions. They debut back in WWE, or they sit there and they go out to come back to AEW. I know the big thing with Malika Black was he has a no-compete clause, basically, for I think it was like nine months or something, where he was released, but then it's coming back that he wasn't released. I, I think... What's starting to happen is if you raise a stink, get your voice heard, you may start getting reaction, and then you may start getting yourself put on TV. And I know we'll probably get to it later, but I haven't heard about Andrade for like the last four months, honestly. I've heard more about him in the last two weeks than I have then. Oh, he's been on regularly. He's, he's in the last All right, but he doesn't stand out. Is what maybe that's no. what I'm getting at. Like yeah. as a person that doesn't watch AEW every week, still follow along. But he's not one of those that. Oh yeah, you hear about every week. He's not like uh, I, I'll agree. He's not been one like oh my god, it's Moxley. He's back again, or like or it's Darby Allen in his thing. But Andrade's definitely been like, and a match with Andrade. Like he's always kind of been mentioned, but not like as the reason to watch. It's like also featuring this. But that's to your point. He he should be featured, maybe. Like it's, I, I do agree. Now that I've heard more about him, I actually tuned in, and I wanted to see what's going to happen. Like I wanted to see his possibly final match in AEW, or this guy loses his mask, which I think would be the dumbest thing and an insult to Brody Lee's legacy. But I digress. Yeah, American companies with masks is always a very, very poor thing. It's It's rough. It's rough. I mean... It's it's really weird with all these reports, and then we constantly keep seeing wrestlers on either side of WWE and AEW call up these media saying, oh, he's re- asked for his release. Oh, it's not a full release. Oh, it's for mental health. Oh, it's about his, like, not getting matches and storylines, which we have seen it get tampered down. But then him coming out saying that it's mental health plus that and then people saying, oh, he's showing him in WWE because of the whole inspecting the website or whatever it was. It probably was an old website, and that was part of it, and they didn't change it because that happens on websites. Mm-hmm. Eh, it's all rough. And then Buddy Murphy also stepping away, and that was for a different – or Matthews for a different thing. So it just doesn't look right. And when things start adding up and plus how things have been going with AEW versus WWE – Media is just jumping on board of every single possible issue in AW and everything crazy with WWE. It's just not fun. I feel bad for them. We are in that clickbait era of someone is not there. Oh my God, what happened? Are they leaving? And I, I don't even mean that with like some of the bigger things that have happened, but that's just what people seem to react with. And I can compare that with how speculators do that with movies and TV. Uh, There was an actress from the Supergirl series 
that was spotted in Vancouver. Oh, they must be there because that's where they filmed The Flash. It's like, do you know how many shows film in Vancouver, you guys? Like, no, it doesn't mean that, but it could. But, like, that, that's the leaps of logic people make. Oh, he's stepping away. Maybe he's going back to WWE. Or, or he's just stepping away. <laughs> it's entirely possible. Like, how long... We all, at certain points, thought that Braun Strowman... Like, I picked him in one of the mystery matches for both Impact and AEW on our prediction cards. He didn't go to either. He came back to WWE. So, like, because they've left doesn't mean they're necessarily going somewhere. That's historically what happens, yes. But it, it, it's some fun leaps of logic in how this stuff usually goes. Let's be clear. Braun did go somewhere. He went to control your narrative. He controlled his narrative, and now he's back. And, um, you know what? You got me wrong. It, it, through that, he went to final battle because they released the Titan. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously it sucks if it's mental health issues. I hope everything goes well. Um, there's much bigger things to life than wrestling, really in any capacity you want to look at wrestling. But, um, you know, it's interesting that so many people reported so many details on this. Specifically, Meltzer really gets me. He, like, reported that Black wanted to go back to WWE. He reported about, I believe, the con or the no-compete clause and stuff. Meltzer is physically at multiple, you know, AEW shows. We've seen him in the press conferences. He obviously is good friends with a lot of people with AEW. I would trust him as a source for most AEW things. So for him to be completely wrong, I think it's very strange. It doesn't feel just like, oh, a couple people ran with a news story that turned out to be wrong. It feels like for me, and not to be a conspiracy theorist, that news story changed partway through. Um, a very strange situation all around. But obviously, I think the number one thing is like, I hope everyone involved is doing okay. Um, I hope Andrade does okay. I hope everyone's okay, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's the way to look at it. And I know, Red Tent, to what you were saying about the fact that they might be all like positive and not saying anything bad, but are against it. It's easy to be positive, like, I'm not going anywhere. I'm, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here, I'm released. Oh, thank God. Like, it's not that it's two-faced, but th there is that level of it, too. Um, Pyramid, what, what about you with this to round it out? Because I know you're, you're a big fan of uh, Aleister Black, member of the Black Mass. How many is he going to hit? We, we go back on that for a long while, but what's your thoughts with all this? Uh, my thoughts are just, I hope that he's doing good if it is mental health. Like said, he, he went out on his Instagram Live and he said that he was taking a break and that he'll be back in AEW sometime. So I'm just going to take him at his word for it because that's all that I can really go off of between that and it's either that or do I go with all the media, they're saying he asked for his release and he's not going to come back and all of that. So I just hope that he's doing all right. And yes, uh, mental health is a big thing. And uh, just hope that he hope that he's going to do fine. I hope Andrade's doing all right. Who really knows? Uh, I hope everybody involved with that's doing all right, except for Sammy Guevara. He can go off and do whatever it is that he wants to go do. But. <laughs> I don't wish him well at all in his uh, in his endeavors, but to everybody else involved, I, I hope they're doing well. Yeah, we'll we'll get to Sammy here in a bit. Uh, again, chronologically, we'll get there. So that does remind me um, uh, to what CT said about Bandito and with Meltzer being there, because 
I posted something in our, our chat a couple days ago where Bandito was apparently offered a contract right away. As of today, he apparently hasn't even signed it yet. <laughs> so it's been a week. Um, but the line that uh, it was Brian Alvarez actually said was hopefully he signed with WWE, or hopefully he signed because WWE was asking for his number before the match was over. That's a weird thing to say because that's like, I hope he goes to AEW instead of WWE. That bias is weird. And that's a media thing that it goes what we're saying. Like, it wasn't Meltzer, my mistake there, but it was Alvarez saying that. Hopefully he signed with AEW because WWE wants him. So you hope he'll be in AEW just out of a bias because maybe they'll use him better. And let's be fair, probably. Let, let, let's look at that. But the, the weird bias is just a thing. And that's what you get with this about how they, they know what's going on and Meltzer's literally there reporting on stuff. And it's, it's weird. It's, just, it's a weird situation overall. Over to a sadder bit, uh, but I know a lot of people probably haven't watched his stuff, but Antonio Inoki died. Uh, he died during the New Japan 50th anniversary year. He founded it in 1972, and he's one of, like, legitimately one of the legends of wrestling, let alone Japanese wrestling. Like, he is credited somewhat as the first WWE champion uh, from Japan, but that's not recognized. Go look that up. You'll find photos of him with the belt because he beat Backlund in Tokyo and like a week later. It was, a, it was one of those Ric Flair NWA things where he's got like 20 reigns. It's one of those. It's not official. Uh, but because of his match with Muhammad Ali, he basically helped found mixed martial arts. That wouldn't exist without him either. So this, this guy did a whole lot. He's been in movies. He's done everything. He was named... Uh, CT might want to correct me here, but... He was named, I think, Chairman for Life. Yeah. In a backstage thing where they hadn't actually announced it yet, but they decided that September 1st, and they were going to announce it this month, but he's passed. Um, I know I can even say myself, I have not watched much of Minoki's matches. If you want to Google a fun one, watch Antonio Inoki versus The Great Antonio. Big dude that doesn't sell for him, he beats the shit out of Ant Great Antonio. It's hilarious. He also once interrupted a match with Luke Gallows and Sylvester Turquet because it was shit. And he yelled at them to stop wrestling and go to the back. It's it's amazing. Um, CT, I know you didn't start watching New Japan. It's been 10 years. Uh, but like, surely Inoki's been part of that. There's like a $100 Blu-ray set or something. Out. Like he, he's, he's history. He's, he is New Japan for what it was. So I'll go to you first on this one. What What's your thoughts Absolutely. on this? Absolutely. I mean, even though he has not been able to be physically involved this year, continued mentioning of him, Okada's dressed like him, mm. um, New Japan just released for free a series of Inoki matches on New Japan World, which all have English commentary I'd recommend people check out. I mean, just one of the absolute fundamental, when you look at the development of professional wrestling, um, not just in Japan, but worldwide, just one of those like fundamental figures where pro wrestling would not be what it is today without Inoki. And you can say the same for MMA and various things. Um, absolutely tragic. We knew this was coming for a while now. Physically, from what we've seen from him, he's been deteriorating pretty quickly. Um, but yeah, really tragic. Days away from they were going to make that announcement about giving him chairman for life at their October 10th show, Declaration of Power. Obviously, that's no longer um, going to be the same celebration it was going to be. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think this is an absolute huge 
um, figure in professional wrestling. This is up there with like someone like Flair or some, you know, various figures. Hogan maybe even is a good example for really, I know that those people mean more to America, let's say, than Inoki um, directly with history, but just fundamental figure. Everyone has said nothing but amazing things about him. I mean, if you come out during a match and tell Luke Gallows he's wrestling so badly he needs to stop, you're a legend in my eye. So, yeah. And it, the best part about that is they agreed and stopped wrestling and went to the back. Yeah. Like, that's how that's how much kayfabe that, and respect that man had. Um, the, the history of Inoki, just to kind of put it into perspective, I know Regal talked about it even, where he had a, a brief match on a Clash of the Champions, which is probably on the network now, when you think about it. Um, the finish was Inoki's going to choke him out. And Regal said, I'm not going to tap. Put me out. And he did legit. And he's like, oh, it's happening. And then he was out. <laughs> like, it's so fast. It's like, that makes it better. That's the respect that a guy like Regal has. But I was saying with the history of Inoki, Rikido Zen was like World War II era professional wrestling and got killed in a... Yakuza Mafia hit. And that that's a whole thing. There's been movies about him. And Japanese professional wrestling was in a major downturn for decades. Until 1972, basically. When Inoki and Baba, Giant Baba, founded New Japan and All Japan in 1972. So th those companies still exist. Baba died in 99. He won the NW title a couple times, but... Uh, a triple crown championship and Noki is like the legend compared like when you say Hogan that's an apt comparison I feel that absolutely is on par and it's a loss it's a loss to a major level it's it, it was known it was going to happen like eventually we'll be talking about Ric Flair passing eventually talking about Hulk Hogan passing eventually Vince McMahon passing like these these fundamental figures that made wrestling what it is Time catches all. Like, it, it is a thing. Uh, it's still a, a wild situation when you can look back and go, wow, that guy did all that. And here he, he is now. Like, it's it's a major one. Um, James G, just to go over to you, if you have any thoughts here with Anoki. Like I, I said, like, some of us have exposure to it, but I, I don't know what yours is so much. Uh, not much. I've seen, like, clips over time, and I definitely saw a lot of clips this week. I just read a lot of the history on him, and it's pretty cool and sad. Uh, it was nice to see a lot of companies mention him, so mm. maybe there'll be more tributes throughout the weeks to coming. I imagine they'll build some stuff coming up. Like, New Japan, they were actually one of the last ones I saw react to it, probably because, like, this is the level of respect in Japan for their founder, basically. Yeah, is, and Raw was five. Yeah, Michael Cole announced it live during or they had Smackdown, the graphic. I think Smackdown, or Smackdown. Smackdown. You're right, yeah. Um, I know Impact put something up. They put a photo up. I know AEW put something up. They, they, everybody has. Everybody that has been involved with him somehow has. And the number of American wrestlers that have posed photos with Anoki, it's like, yeah, everybody's kind of met him. It's, it's kind of a wild thing. Uh, Bear me, you've seen some older stuff, uh, I know, like myself. What's your uh, your thoughts here? It's very sad, uh, especially dealing with a passing as great as this for what Inoki has meant to professional wrestling. Like CT said, it would probably be something along the lines of a Hogan or a Flair. Heck, it's probably even bigger than that, because especially over there, because he really was like the epitome of wrestling. 
And I think really the only thing that could maybe rival it over here would probably actually be Vince McMahon because he was not Vince McMahon was synonymous with the biggest wrestling company here. So, but yeah, it's very sad. I haven't watched a lot of his matches, but I have a feeling that I should probably go back and at least watch some of it out of respect for it because of how big of a figure he was. So I'll probably do that. And like you said, to get, to get uh, Gallows and uh, who was it? Who was the other guy? Stop wrestling. Sylvester Turkai. He was briefly oh, in God. WWE, but you probably remember that name going back to like I do fives and stuff, I think. Yeah, I do remember that name as well. But yeah, to get them to start, just come out and stop wrestling, and then they just left to go to the back, that's an amazing story. So Yeah, there's footage. Like, it's a televised match. It's amazing. There's footage of the roster at one of the shows lining up to get slapped by him because that will imbue you with his fighting spirit. And I think like Leota Machida is in that lineup <laughs> at one point. Uh, there's a few guys mm-hmm. like that. Nakamura, I think was in there. Um, yeah. It's, it's kind of wild to think of what this guy did as a legacy. Like, I think you're right. Vince McMahon's probably a more apt comparison, but imagine if Vince McMahon competed in an active wrestler regularly at the top of the card for 30 years and won multiple world titles. That's the equivalent. <laughs> and was a saint. And, yeah. yeah. And was also in politics for like 20 years. Well, remember that Dark Side of the Ring episode where they went to North Korea? And like yeah. the crowd was silent for that whole show until Anoki came out. And then it was like the roof blew off the place, you know? It was just... it. Yeah, he had... It was amazing. So He, he yeah, had to leave sad. politics because he would repeatedly go to North Korea which was a no-no, obviously. He wouldn't clear it. He would just go. And they're like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm f- Ricky Dozan was my friend, and Ricky Dozan was actually from Korea. So it's like, I'm fine. Like it's, we, we need to, to thaw the relation. Doing nothing won't do anything. He, he wanted to thaw relations. Antonio Inoki led a one-man diplomatic mission to free hostages from Iraq before the Gulf War started. He went there, met with Saddam Hussein, and succeeded and got Japanese hostages out. He also got two golden swords, as is usual for a visiting head of state. Dude's a legend. <laughs> like it's That's wild. Oh, and that's just like that's the stuff that we're coming up with offhand. Like go watch him uh, choke out Regal. I see in, in our own chat, Red uh, CT found uh, Antonio Noki thinks this match sucks. You can Google that. If you ever see a stereotypical caricature of a Japanese wrestler face with a large chin that's Anoki. you can find that in a lot of the video games of like the 80s and 90s because they didn't license him but it's the chin it's obviously him like he's been in manga he's a friend of tiger mask like in the comic book i i just i don't know how else to describe how legendary this guy was to people who might not realize that um so this is a fun turn now red do you know who Antonio Inoki is or was? Oh, I have no idea who he is. I didn't know who he was during his Hall of Fame induction. I didn't know who he was when he passed away. Um, CT posted a little clip about the uh, Doc Gallo sucking, so I'll probably watch that. But uh, <laughs> I- I'm sorry, I-, I don't know New Japan that well to know who this is. I will say, though, I heard about the uh, Honorary Commissioner uh, Award or whatever they're going to do. So glad they didn't do that to Vince because if had they done that first, it would have been horrible. I think this guy, based on what I've seen and heard, he deserves it being a good guy. 
yeah, he's, uh, I haven't, I mean, I say I haven't heard a bad story about it, but if you look at it, he did leave politics another time because there was rumors of him dealing with, no, sorry, he didn't leave politics. He left New Japan because there was rumors of him dealing with the Yakuza. Now, it was rumored at one point that the Yakuza was basically running Yuke's, the video game company who owned part of New Japan. So maybe? I this just turned to a Dark Side of the Ring episode. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. Yeah. You know what? He's dead. Let's let him, you know. He's, we can sweep that under the rug. He I still did all that. And it's like, yeah, no, he's cool. <laughs> like, it's like, what? Like, we're not we're not saying that stuff was okay. But. <laughs> In it's, hindsight, it's kind of like. It's like, wow, what a story. Like, like holy crap. Pizza. Like, yeah. Like, still got elected. Normally, that's like the end of someone there. He still got elected multiple times. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. If he was dealing with the yakuza, who murdered his friend, Ricky, D- like, there, there's levels of honor in that. Like, what? <laughs> it's yeah. Inoki could basically do no wrong, in as much as wrestling, realistically. If you want to see one of the few times that Vince McMahon ever appeared on non-WWF WWE television, it's for an Inoki birthday uh, greeting, and you can Google that too, where Vince is wishing Inoki a happy birthday for one of the Japanese shows. I forget what it was. It might have been for IGF, the Inoki Genome Federation, which he founded. Uh, If you ever heard about the third belt that Brock Lesnar had when he wouldn't lose the IWGP title... That's when he went over there and Inoki promoted it with Angle and Nakamura when they unified. Like, that's, that's this guy. This guy's done this kind of stuff. So, yeah. He's, he's a fun one. The, the more you read, the more you're like, wow, holy crap, this guy's wild. And it's... And he did all the stuff for wrestling. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, but now, let's dive into something I know Red does know. Red, you're going to get to go first here because we're going to talk about the White Rabbit stuff completely different situation completely different turn here but the white rabbit started as just a song being played during house shows and then it was during dark times like untelevised during tv shows and then qr codes were coming up and then there's posts and digital games and like augmented reality or uh, like aeg type things where it's like decode this and decode that and figure out what this cipher says and work out what that says and at one point, there was a, a listing for uh, Latitude and Longitude, and it pointed to the, the Rexall place, I think it was called, or the Rogers Center, in Edmonton. And there was a right rabbit with coal written on it because of the Oilers. And then they kept, they've kept going, and I mean, all signs point to extreme rules this weekend. That just makes sense for a payoff. But I know you've been loving this and the, the game, basically. Like, you're, you're enjoying it, right? Oh, so the entire concept has just evolved over the last five weeks. And every week has been growing and growing. And I I was a little complaining about the last show about how no uh, a reward may be the best thing. Like, they're, they're spreading it out too thin. You were worried it long. was going to take too long and they were going to drag it out. And yeah. But over the last two weeks since we've had that, their QR cards have gotten more in-depth. They've gotten more puzzling, which I kind of really enjoy. Like, things from the QR codes that aren't just a little game. I mean... There's coding, there's binary, there's Morse code, there's pictures, there's video, like, so many different things to dissect from just one simple QR code. And social media is blown up over it. Like, the moment it comes on, people are turning in just for the QR code. 
with all this being said, I kind of have only one complaint, and I think I voiced this the other night, was when the QR code comes on, it kind of takes away from the show. People like me that are very interested in the puzzles. Now, I can sit there and keep watching Raw, keep watching SmackDown, and wait for Twitter to do all their thing, but it takes a lot of the fun out of it. Like, I, I enjoy doing the decoding of the Predator language and trying to figure out what the Morse code was. Like, it was very fun. Now, Twitter got it done basically by the time I finished one puzzle, but it was still, like, it, it's very interactive and not just, I'm watching a TV show. Now you're getting involved with it, and it has led to the fact that it sounds like Bray Wyatt. It sounds like, to my opinion, some kind of faction of Bray Wyatt. But well, yeah, that's... the puzzles are still fun. Like, even though you know what it's kind of leaning towards, you're still doing them. That's to the point because we've seen uh, Joe Gacy put a white rabbit emoji on one of the videos that was playing. Uh, which maybe he's sent it, maybe he isn't. Maybe he just did it because it was fun. Like uh, I'd like to think they're all doing a very specific. There was one video about, I think the line was, who will destroy the world you did, but it's edited where each word is from someone, and it's got people from multiple eras, like everything from Cody Rhodes when he had his dashing mask all the way through. Like it's the picking and choosing, much like the Firefly Funhouse stuff was. So that's why I'm like, it's it's Bray. And there's a way to spell White Rabbit using the letters in the word, or the name Bray Wyatt, which was a cool sign we saw as well. And I I like a lot of what they're doing because it goes to what you were saying about there's always something to watch. Always something happening. And it's a matter of paying attention. And before I throw it over to CT here next, I, I do kind of laugh because I know we've even said multiple times, and I criticized Tony Khan about this the other day, he outright apologized for saying... We've got two packages for the upcoming show to explain why these people are the number one contenders. Bandito and... I forget the other one. I forget what one it was. Uh, it might have been for Serena Deeb actually facing Tony Storm. But there's like, we've got packages to promote these. But don't worry, we're not forgetting the wrestling and the wrestling-centric focus will be back. And I, I say that laughing because I know CT... Uh, I did it. I'm even reading GMSG right there, and I said the line. I'm keeping that in. GMSG posted that they went 30 minutes without a match in the middle of their anniversary show. So, yeah. But I, I hate that. I'm like, oh, we shouldn't have to do homework. But at least they're, t they're doing it for us. They're saying, here's the way to show, here's why this person, this is good. But a lot of people online complain about the idea, like, I shouldn't have to do homework. You bring in this indie guy. Who is Mance Warner? Why do I have to look up stuff to know who this is? Or what, what's this guy doing here? Like, what, what's the point of this? I shouldn't have to do homework. And yet they're all over this. What's well, because they want, they've got it where you want to do it. It's not like, oh, I have to do homework. It's no, here's a hint. Come see what's down the rabbit hole. Quite literally, a white rabbit. It really is. So like, it's, it's a very, very different thing from having, look at that. Would you rather do homework or play a game? Anybody who comes home from school can think of that and go, I'd rather play the game than do homework. It's a very different thing, but I went down a whole tangent on that. CT, over to you, and I mean it you this time. What are your thoughts on the White Rabbit stuff? I like it so far. I think that they really have backed themselves into a corner, though, and they need to deliver. If this thing does not turn out to be Bray Wyatt, they are fucked. Not because, like, oh, you can only do this for Bray Wyatt, but you've convinced the community that has, like, torn this company apart for years to buy in on this and to buy in that it's Bray Wyatt. And if it turns out to be, I'm not kidding, 
anything but Bray Wyatt returning in some fashion, they have messed this up. And I genuinely think it will go down as one of the worst things this company has ever done, according to the masses. I don't actually think it would be that bad. There's ways you can make it where it's interesting with a lot of people. But I think the masses overall will like publicly kill WWE on Twitter for this, Um, which I guess isn't that big of a deal, but whatever. Um, I'm intrigued by it. I've not been following along too closely, mainly because I don't watch the weekly television, but I see like what it was every week. Um, I do hope we get to developments pretty quickly. Um, I think that it is growing a little bit stale specifically with it being just like location for the next show. I know they were doing that for a while. I'm not sure if that's what they're still doing. Um, but no, I mean, it's intriguing. It has the audience captivated and hooked. All you need is that payoff. And this will be seen as one of the best angles in the past decade of this company. You fuck this up, it'll be seen as one of the worst. So I'm very interested. I think this is the biggest proving point for Triple H's reign. Does this work or does this fail? And they got a new hire, I believe, or at least a relatively new hire that is a friend of Bray and has largely been involved in this. Like he's the head of, I think they called it long-term creative. Oh, funny that. (laughs) So it it really stands to that. And I agree. If it's anybody but Bray, it's a failure. Like this is like AEW going to Chicago for the United Center, basically talking about the best in the world and then not delivering on punk. Like we were worried. Like if, if it's not punk, they fuck this up. They didn't. They, they at least did it. And I'll give AEW credit for that. They do that a fair bit where they actually do deliver on, what they tease a lot of times this though mm, like it's so obviously bray wyatt right like i've been i saw a post today on twitter where someone said man what if bray wasn't actually really released and this was all a story all along like what if like they didn't say bray they, like the fiend was released but not the man bray what if this was all a story and of course people were like are you insane <laughs> like really people are getting to that level of this of thinking that as far as for what this could be. It's like, it, it, it's, it's bonkers. It's crazy. Uh, over to GMSG, because I know some of the, the funny things even talking about, like, were places. Like, Corbin, Kentucky, right? And if I remember correctly, like, one of Bray's last matches was in Kentucky, but Baron Corbin was involved. Like, the, the insanity of the connections are wild. Like, we're seeing FCW promos referenced, and NXT ones, obviously, but it's been nuts, right? Yeah, and one of the locations was, like, Windham, which is his actual first name, or Wyndham. So, I just really appreciate that it's, like, little small things throughout the show, so it doesn't actually take away or take time from others. It's always usually in the background of segments. And even fans can secretly get involved in the crowd. I hope it's Bray. Like, they brought Braun back. But, I don't know. I... Because Triple H is in the head of the business now and all the other top guys are big friends of Bray, maybe he'll come by. It's just they've all mentioned they kind of have to really tone down his creativeness a little bit because it's too far at times. Triple H even said that in his interview with Ariel Hawani. It's like, it's a weird cat. You got to work with him and it takes a lot, but it's worth it. And I, I know for parts of it is I know CT said this multiple times on prior episodes, but WWE main roster cannot book a dark or weird character worth a damn. So much so that they release them because they don't know how. Well, that's changed because now it's Triple H running things with the main roster. And 
if anything, we've seen a long play with Dexter Loomis on a darker character. Obviously, Bray's a whole other level with what they're doing with it, but, like, where's it going? Eventually, it's got to actually be a thing where the man shows up and has matches. And what's that going to be like? What what evolution of this is there? I think it's going to be something that we're not expecting, and yet it'll... I think it'll be satisfying in some way, but they might screw it up. I know, Red, back to you before I go over to Beer Me. Uh, Alexa's been involved in it because there was a glitchy image on one of the things where she was backstage with some of the others, and you could see the fiend face over her head, right? Like, they're teasing all these people that have been affiliated with him in the past being linked with this somehow, which could just be part of the tease or part of faction, like you were saying, right? She needs it. <laughs> Ever since he left, she's been in limbo. She hasn't really felt like the top star she was. And I know I may be a fan of the character she was, and not many other people are, but she needs the Fiend. And if Fiend comes back, they have to group back up. Like, that, me, was one of the better moments of her recently career. She was stale a little bit, then she got the Fiend S character. I forgot what they wanted to call it, but. It, it really highlighted her, made her strong, made her interesting. You wanted to tune into it. And then when he left, it was like they didn't know what to do with her. We had, uh, what do you call it, psychiatrist try to change her. Then she came back and she was like a, a tweener between the two, with still with a doll, but not the character. Like, right now, she's just a little pretty baby face that's on TV. She needs the character back. Um, I like the edge of it. The one last thing I do want to say is this whole QR code, take a break from it after they do the reveal if it is on Extreme Rules. I really would like them to continue this kind of social media interaction with random QR codes or random stuff in the background because it's kind of started with the Dexter Loomis thing where it was like, oh, you're watching an interview, but that's a car wreck in the background and everyone's looking at it. Like, it, it drew your eyes and it was like very interesting to look into it. So... I hope they continue this even after Bray Wyatt's reveal where it's like, you're not just going to be watching the screen. You're going to be watching background and oh, yeah. see these little things that are going to continue. Because to me, it feels new. Now, I don't know if maybe I'm just not that inclined and don't realize that I've, they've been having this stuff in the background before, but it feels more apparent now. Oh, no. It, it, it definitely does. And I think that goes back to that guy, like I said. I, I forget the name that they hired uh, if anybody has it, it was in our chat just recently, but the idea that this guy literally is in charge of long-term creative. That's what this is, uh, to, to what you're saying. Like, So they, they've got someone whose literal job is this stuff. And they're going to make it so there's casual things happening in the back that might not seem relevant until you think back going, oh, wait, I saw him there two weeks ago. That's That makes it more than just a segment, segment, segment. That makes it a show where it's three hours of something. If Triple H has his way, he'd make it too, but he gets it. But What's crazy is the person they hired, I don't know if he's a Marvel comic guy. Comic books. a Marvel M MCU guy, but either way, yeah. he has a background of doing long-term stories. So to hire him for long-term story, it's just like you're hiring somebody that does this for a living, a career. You have to have some kind of faith that this isn't going to be one pay-per-view between one pay-per-view storylines. You're going to get four to five months of spread out, not drawn out. 
yeah, if that makes sense. I'm pretty sure he's from like MCU stuff. I want to say Loki was involved. I might be thinking they just announced the writer for one of the Avengers movies. I might be having that name mixed up, but pretty sure he's involved in comic books or comic book movies and TV in some way or possibly both. I feel bad for not having that correct, but that's literal long-term storytelling because anybody who knows comic books or TV shows generally is, yeah, you get your one-shots, one-off, maybe once a month, whatever, but most of it is long-term storytelling where developments happen here that will pay off next month and next month and next month and next month and then get a conclusion, but you're spinning off from the prior to the next and you connect it and you keep going. So that's perfect for a basic TV series that doesn't ever have an off season. That's great. That's, that's what you want. Um, I think the QR code will probably take a rest if it's not Bray involved, if it, for whatever the story is, because it would lose its impact if others were doing the same thing. But there's more than one way to do that. And we'll clearly go down that road, I feel. Uh, that, that's just speculative, obviously, but it's obviously working. And if anything WWE does, prior regime or now, it's you keep milking the thing that works. So we'll, we'll see that go there. But bear me, we haven't talked to you a bit during this whole damn thing. What's your thoughts during this? I like it. It's different. We haven't really seen too much stuff done like this, honestly, with all the social media stuff. And I just want to know, do you guys, before I really get into it, because I do think it's going to be Bray Wyatt, do you think it, that he's going to have his own stable? Because I'm kind of thinking that's going to happen. And I think I kind of know who it might be in it. But I want to know if you guys think that it's going to be a stable or not. Or if it's just going to be him. Like, by himself. It's shaping up to be a stable, it seems. But I kind of wish it was just him. I think a stable is much harder to book. And you have, like, the Judgment Day Dark faction right now. Which is... Two of them is kind of weird. But, yeah. I'm I'm leaning more towards the faction. Just because ever since Triple H took over, factions seem to be growing and becoming a thing now. Like, I thought it was an AEW thing because WWE seemed to never really have factions. Like, more than three men. And now look at the bloodline. We're, what, five men deep? Uh, we're, we're getting factions that are going to be four, five, six people in the next few months, and I'm all for it. Oh, 100% faction. I definitely believe it. They've, they've been building it so long that it can't just be a single debut of a group. Like, it has to be multiple people with them. I'm inclined for that, given how many others are connected to it. It just seems like that's the way. And there, there's a cool piece of fan art with Bray, Cross, Scarlet, Braun, Dexter, and Alexa. It's awesome. It's really, really cool stuff. And is that everybody involved in it? Probably not. Probably overreaching because, oh, everybody should be in the Dark Order. It, right? Like, it feels like that in a way. No. Yeah. It, like, because they're Judgment Day. They're their own thing. But, like, some... Some of these characters need to definitely really thrive because we've got Alexa, like Red said. That character shift back will be great because, yeah, Rhea's dark. That's about it. When Alexa was there, it was just a different thing that you don't normally see on the women's roster. And it was fun. It was like this is a definitive different character for somebody in this space that you don't normally see. Hell, she got a solo pay-per-view win over Randy Orton. Not many guys can say that, so it's pretty great. Uh, yeah, I, I'm thinking it's it's going to be some kind of faction. I don't know if it's going to be right away, though. I think it's going to be just Bray at Extreme Rules. Like, that 
feels like it, and then it'll go from there. And that might be how they continue it, where more keep coming out alongside it. But but back to you then, Beer Me. What's your, All right. what, what are you feeling here? Yeah, because the reason... Yeah, I think it's going to be a faction too, but the reason that I was saying that is because... He's supposed to. All this stuff is supposed to come ahead ahead at Extreme Rules, right? So I'm trying to figure out like when he would show up, and the only match that's making sense is the McIntyre cross match, which is looking like the main cross... event probably, if not because, Bianca and ba- uh, Bailey. Yeah, yeah, I think that might main event. But mm. I mean, Cross and McIntyre could, if that's when they want to do the the thing for Bray to come out, mm-hmm. it'd be perfect because I do think that Cross and Scarlet would be good in a faction with Bray. And I don't think Alexa's going to be in this faction because the last time we seen Alexa do anything with Bray Wyatt, she was the one that turned on Bray Wyatt, or The Fiend, at WrestleMania. So, and she hasn't really been doing, like, the the weird stuff lately. I think that instead of Alexa, I think that we're going to get Nikki Cross coming back as crazy Nikki Cross from Sanity. Because if you've noticed in her match, last match, she took off the superhero mask. And she's not really wearing it anymore. So I think we're going to get a shift towards her coming back. I think that she's going to join it. And I don't know who else. I don't know if Braun would. Braun going back would be cool. But, I mean, would you really want Braun and Cross both together? They're both kind of big. They could both be big bads. I don't know if I would want that. So, But if you gave me Bray slash The Fiend, if they do it like Balor and the Demon, that would be cool. Like if Bray can control The Fiend. And then you give me Cross and Scarlet, because they're kind of out there. And then you give me like Crazy Nikki Cross. Sign me up for that, and then we'll go from there. But that's I kind of hope that's what it is. That's a great pick for and, Nikki because Nikki and Alexa yeah. are falling out too, and that's a good way to target and, the one who turned. Yeah. And if you also notice when she was having an argument with Dewdrop, she also threw the mask at her before mm-hmm. um, one of their matches. Well, don't so, forget, she was even yelling at the mask. Yes. So I, I know that I'm digging way too into this and it probably isn't even going to be close to what it is. But that's what I want. That's what I hope it is. Because Alexa can just go back to being her, like, the character when she first came up. Just be like the goddess. Just be like that, you know, that kind of, like, bitchy character where she just doesn't give a damn and it'll work. So, but her, yeah, she shouldn't have screwed the fiend over. And I hope that Bray Wyatt, if he does come back, if she's like, oh, you're back. And he's like, nah. It's not you. Well, that's and that's the beauty of the story too. Yeah. yeah, like that could be a while yeah. to go down that road. That could be fantastic exactly. to see where that goes. Because like with with Bray and Alexa, like that's a story we never got. Like it, it was about to happen where he was going to come back in the summer, and that was it, and it was released. So that's an untold yep. story. Whatever way they go with it, sounds cool. Like if she's brought back in. Well, like, they're not going to just ignore what came before. They will address it. Bray Wyatt is meticulous. And if she isn't part of it, well, why not? They're going to address it. He's meticulous. So they'll definitely cover that either way. I didn't even... I forgot all about that. That's awesome. Oh, wrestling's fun. Do y'all think that there's a chance that they might take a title off Roman to put on Wyatt? Assuming this whole, like, obviously probably fictional world is what we're actually living in. Uh, Probably. Ooh. But I, I mean, Bray's the one, like, that's suddenly another name that's up there along with Cody that I could see actually take a title off Roman. Because remember, Cause this all, all started. Exactly. It all they started. They have history. You're just a freak in a mask without me. 
Well, and also the weird thing is, I think the Shield are like 90% losses against the Wyatt family as a collective. Mm -hmm. Which is interesting. Because that's the one reservation I have about this, and I felt this about Strom, and I even felt this about Cross. Like, with Roman pretty much cemented there at the top, and I feel pretty confident he won't lose until Mania, you don't want these people to come in and just like not really have anything to do like these are people who really deserve world title runs who like this is why it's great to have two championships because one can be on roman mm -hmm. one can be being traded around these people and it works like it's the issue with lesnar that's why samoa joe never really got that defining win that's why Strowman struggled with that is because they never could get that world title win or run because it was just stuck on lesnar so like i'm really hopeful or hoping i guess i don't know if i'm hopeful like that even if it's just one title off Roman, I don't think that ruins Mania if it's the WWE Championship specifically. Have him keep the Universal that he's had for years. But, like, these people, like, they can only go so far, in my opinion, without having that top level to reach and get to. Mm -hmm. And I don't want them just to get, like, stuck and kind of cold in a space of just, like, waiting and, like, purgatory, I guess. Just not being able to have a title. So I guess that's my hope and concern with it. Um, there's been a lot of rumors of the new titles coming for like the last few months, but they've also recently like, and when they mention Roman, they don't really say WWE Universal title anymore. They say Undisputed Universal title. So I'm wondering if he's going to get a new belt, and they're just going to make a new WWE belt for Raw and have people fight for it. It's possible. It's I, I do kind of agree with a lot of what you said there, CT, too, about like all these guys aren't getting a fair shake. It feels like like even Seth Rollins talked about it. Living in the Roman era is tough because you're always going to be number two because that's how they view it. And that, I mean, that you go back to like boxing with Muhammad Ali. All these world champions didn't get it because Ali was there. And bear me, you know about John Jones, right? Like that kind of stuff too. Like, oh my God. So th there, there's certain guys that just prevent that and are that ceiling, if you want to call it that. Having two titles makes that possible. Like imagine if that was the case and Drew McIntyre somehow wasn't ever champion because he couldn't have won that WWE title. Because Roman had both all the whole time. Like, that's... I think it's ridiculous to unify them, considering you kind of need two, because it, it, it works with what you're doing. So... Yeah, I don't I don't know about splitting them, though. It just doesn't seem like anything on the cards. Like, we've heard the rumor of they're going to split the WWE titles since, since they were unifying them at Mania, and it hasn't happened. So I don't put any stock into that happening anytime soon. Then again, they could announce on the season premiere of SmackDown like this Friday or whatever it is next Friday. All right, so Raw's getting its own championship, blah, blah. They could announce it that quick. Like, they legitimately could. Let's be, let's be fair. So It's time to move on to the topic that I know we kind of hinted at all night. And we're at an hour, so we don't want to go too deep into this. Uh, and yes, we'll just say right now, Bound for Glory is this weekend. Extreme Rules is this weekend. And by the time you're hearing this, it's after those have happened. Um... So we're just going to talk about it a little bit at the end. But Sammy Guevara, is the, he's a guy that Beerme is a big fan of. Beerme, do you want to elaborate on how much of a fan of Sammy Guevara you are right now? Oh, man. Just, <laughs> you know, I run the I run the uh, Sammy Guevara fan club, apparently. He gets in trouble with uh, Eddie Kingston. He wants to hold the Impact uh, Exhibition title hostage. Says stuff about Sasha Banks. Now this stuff with Andrade, but that's our Sammy. You know, he's just, he's, he's out there. No, uh, come on. If it walks like a duck and it quacks like a duck, it's a duck. And you need to get either rid of this guy 
or suspend him like indefinitely for a long period of time because if this is not a work, which I don't think it is, because I don't think Andrade is that type of dude. He literally said on Wednesday he would come and punch Sammy Guevara in the face. I don't know if he, he allegedly shoved him, but yeah, I. What's Tony doing sending Andrade home while we just seen on Dynamite? Sammy's there. What are we doing? What what kind of precedence is this setting now? I yeah, I have no clue. Yeah, so this was kind of happening right as we were talking, like starting up tonight. But it does go back a couple of days because Guevara and Andrade got into a basically a sparring match on Twitter where Andrade was saying that Guevara was complaining about him basically being stiff. And Andrade's general reaction to that is, it's wrestling. And if Sheamus doesn't complain about it, whatever. And even compared like The Miz and Cena, guys who could complain if they wanted to, because, I mean, Cena could blackball you. Not that he necessarily would. Ask Alex Riley, maybe he would. But he could, and he didn't. And that's all you need to know about Andrade right there. Like, there, there's people vouching for him in that regard. And this is, what, not even a month after the whole suspension, or just a month after the suspension that Guevara and Eddie Kingston had for an altercation. Uh, basically, Andrade and Guevara said, I'll say it to your face, see me Wednesday, I'll fun fight you there. And they're not taping Dynamite tonight, let's be clear, or uh, Rampage tonight. That's going to be live on Friday along with their Battle for the Belts. So it's just Dynamite, and he wasn't even scheduled for it. <laughs> he might have been there to promote it, but, you know. And basically, just as the show was starting, like, at first we heard that Andrade might not make it to Rampage, and then he, like, because he was going to face 10 for 10's mask, or he leaves AEW. And you could put him up on the list with Malachi Black and Miro, one of the guys who were potentially upset with being in AEW, or whatever stock you want to put into those rumors. Or they're legit. Who knows? Uh, but then that match got canceled because he might not make it. And so now it's because it's, it's the anniversary of the last match for Brody Lee. So Dark Order is going to face Death Triangle for the trios titles. Probably win them. Not on Battle for the Belts because, you know. And now the altercation happened like right as we were starting to record during Dynamite Night. Again, October 5th is the fun one. And apparently there was an altercation, some kind of fight. TMZ reported both were sent home. That tweet got deleted. Andrade was sent home, allegedly. It was shoving, maybe it was punching. Who knows? Guevara's on dynamite, and there's chance against him. So, if it happened once and it happened again, we see this multiple times, maybe it's Guevara that's the problem. Is he talented in the ring? Sure. Is he a cocky prick? Absolutely. Yeah, I don't know. It's just... Yeah, like, I don't know. Jimmy C, you want to chime in on this one? Oh, man. There was a lot of people talking online saying, oh, this could be just a work and that. And it's like, no, no. It, it really doesn't make sense to do that to 10's match with him and honor Brody Lee just to overshadow it with stupid bullshit online. Yeah, Guevara's a piece of shit. If it's didn't even... hmm? I was if it's a story, it's so poor taste for all the reasons you mentioned. But also, they actively have the elite and punk suspended. <laughs> Don't do and... a suspension storyline <laughs> with actual people suspended. And I'll say that about WWE. I hate the gala suspension storyline. It's actually it's taking pot shots at that. I don't. Uh, that's dumb too. I don't like it. 
But this, like, guys, no. Yeah. And, I mean, Piri didn't even mention it, but, like, Guevara's other shit things, like, he proposed to his girlfriend uh, in August 2021, I think. <laughs> Which and is not take on to. Yeah, and by 2022, they weren't together, and he was already dating Tay, and then, like, three months later, engaged, so... There's so much backstage with him, and constantly with his vlogs, he starts shit. Like, if you have a problem with a wrestler in the ring, talk to them. Don't do it backstage and arguing in front of the roster. Especially if there's WWE, ex-WWE guys, they're going to talk to each other, Sammy. Like, there's groups of people, and Cody said this. There's the indies, there's people that come from the big leagues, and there's the legends. Don't talk shit about people from one group when they're others there they're going to talk my favorite he's lucky that someone else can attack him yeah my favorite thing of all this has been seeing like someone use the i, I want to give full credit to the person who tweet i forget who it is but you can search and find this person's tweet that said whenever i want to know how things are going in aw i just look up what adam cole is doing and while things are progressing and going into chaos adam cole is trying to figure out how to get coins in super mario rpg and like he's legitimately on Twitch in that moment doing that. <laughs> like It's like, the certain things just don't matter as much. It's it's just kind of like, whatever. And in a world of this, someone else said this, in a world of Sammy Guevara's, don't be like that. Be like Ricky Starks, who tweeted out, I wish my co-workers would shut up. So... Yeah. And Moxley even made a joke talking to Hangman, like, oh, people, uh, you keep talking, it's getting in trouble, like all the other little kids here. Like, that is, like, I get what Moxie's saying, but at this point now, mm-hmm. a lot of the legends, even the coaches that aren't in the ring constantly, now we need to say, all right, the next person that talks something, you're going to get punched by Mark Henry, and you're getting sent home for a month. <laughs> like, at this point, knock it off. All right. It's just getting worse. So, I know, Red, I'm coming to you. I know this isn't entirely a fair thing to point it to you, because I know, like, it's not like, oh, Red thought this. But we all would like, is this legit or is this work? Like, is this is this real story? Because like, there's that moment of, hmm. Because it's wrestling. We've all been watching this long enough, even CT at 10 years, to be like, is it? But we've all seen enough to go, eh, probably. Because if this is a storyline, I, I don't think it is, for the main reason, I don't think they're qualified enough to tell a storyline this effectively of this level. But also, it again fails to promote anything because now it's like you're promoting a match. Now you're not doing it. You're promoting them being there. But like I know, Red, you even said you turned tuned in to see what the hell was going on. But I don't think that's actually the way that they're intending to promote it. Like that's not effective, proper promotion. I know it's like any publicity is good publicity, but you know what I mean? Like it's well... Let me defend myself a little bit. Yeah, please. This Sorry. Was before, <laughs> this was before the, the TMZ breaking news. True. Yes. This Sorry. was all going based off of just the back and forth on Twitter. And you know what? Tonight, we they can do something with this. Now, did I think Andrade's last match was going to be Friday? Yes. I, I didn't think they would have uh, 10 loses masks, so I thought this was a way out. And I thought, okay, you know what? Let's have a little storyline. Let's give a little rub to Sammy. Night, maybe uh, Andrade, since he's a heel, can attack Andrade in the match. And then this weekend, at, on Friday, Sammy can return the favor and cost Andrade his career. Like, there is a way to do a story on this where it would work fine. 
then the whole punching and backstage scuffle, and then that's where it was like, all right, this is real now. No longer is it story. Like, there's no way that would come out from TMZ if anybody of a storyline at this point. Like, yes, at first I thought this was all story, but after that, nope, it's real. I could see them being dumb enough to use TMZ to push a story, which ruins credibility on both sides, let's be fair. Uh, but the idea that they could use this for a story now? Absolutely. 100%. Like, that's... Uh, apparently, that's the whole thing with uh, with MJF. That started as legitimate gripes over contract that has turned into story. So, like, that's that's not... Like, that's absolutely something they could have done. Um, however, there was the shoving match and things happened, and instead of promoting a match with Guevara and Andrade... Both were sent, nope, one was sent home, and the other one's literally getting sworn at on TV. <laughs> so, yeah. It's, I, I, I don't know. It's, uh, it's a wild one. Um, CT, what about you? This, uh, this, this class act is a real winner, huh? Yeah, Sammy's just an idiot. I mean, you got really lucky with the Eddie Kingston bit that Eddie's a professional. They were able to, you know, supposedly make some sort of money. I don't really think they had a good blow off there um, on the Rampage Grand Slam, I think it was, Mm -hmm. where Sammy won because they reversed the decision. Don't know if that's really like the end of that blood feud. That's a great, you know, spectacular conclusion. But like, at least you were able to get something out of that. Sammy just like and it's you know I AEW promotes this to a point though they promote going out there trying to like talk shit about people and blur the line between real and fiction. Sammy's a young kid, you know he's not necessarily experienced. Um, he's obviously a shit human being, but like I get why he would think this is okay because he just did this and it turned out okay for him. Mm-hmm. Um, turns out Andrade's not <laughs> like that. Um, I think it's horrible for Tony Khan to look at this situation where with the elite drama, literally, if you were like in the room or like some even trying to break up the fight, you got suspended until they completed an entire investigation. If this thing really went to blows tonight, which TMZ is reporting, take that how you will. Um, what a fucking hypocrite to say like Sammy can be on TV when he punched when he was in the fight. Um, Kenny Omega got suspended. Apparently, he was just trying to get uh, his uh, Punk's dog out of the room. So like, I know I think it's terrible on that end. I think Sammy is a fool, but I also don't know if this is a company that is at all telling him he's a fool or that's actually trying to like demand better, just a better. Uh, work, I guess, whatever. A better, like, moral guide, I don't know, from Sammy. I think this is a company that just kind of lets people do whatever they want, and then they only get in trouble when, you know, like, it truly is, like, people threatening to walk out, like, the Young Bucks with the punk situation. Um, It's just a joke. Yeah, the update on the whole punk thing, too, is apparently they're going to buy out his contract. That's the latest I've heard. So punk is gone, gone forever, is what I've heard rumored. So that's wild. Yeah, I heard that last week. I don't know if that's even like compared to the money. I don't know. I don't know if that's even the right business move there. Yeah. But who knows? Remains to be seen. Like he's injured. So whatever. Right. Like it doesn't matter at this point. But I feel like I mean, that could be a storyline they could make some big money on years later. Let, let's be clear. That could be a thing if they ever work together. I think I said that last time. Punk versus Omega is a match people wanted when Punk debuted because Omega was champ. That's a big money match. 
I, I doubt we'll ever see it, personally. Guevara versus Andrade? That's not money. It isn't. Like, Guevara is generally popular, but he's right now a shitty shitbag. And nobody likes him. As a heel, great. Now, what? He teamed with Jericho tonight against Garcia and Danielson. I believe that's the main event. And if I'm reading this correctly, Sammy Guevara just pinned Daniel Garcia to win that match, like, moments yes. ago. If Sammy Guevara was involved in a fight, even if he was trying to cover up from getting hit, he's still in a fight. He should be suspended for the investigation like the other thing was. He instead went up there and won a match. So what they're saying is he's innocent. It's even better because you could literally see... So Garcia had him in the Dragon Sleeper or whatever it was called, Dragon Slayer, move towards the ropes for no reason because you, you want to do that in a submission match, I guess, or ending. And Jericho hit him in the head with the ROH title, and she was looking right in that direction and did not call anything. Hmm. It was blatant. If anything, AEW will capitalize on that and say something like she got paid off or something or did like they'll address it and try to make the mistake actually be a thing instead of actually being like hey don't make mistakes because that's historically what they've done which i'll give them credit for that they can try to run with it and fiddle with it like that happened with drew also where the fireball from scarlet was crap and drew was like it didn't really get me much it's okay so yeah i don't know it's uh it's a wild wild situation interesting crazy shit right now uh i'm actually realizing do we even talk about jericho as roh champion i think so and how he wants to face all the former people now uh yeah let's let's have punk come back for that let's right let's let's get tyler black in there and adam uh, it's i don't know i don't know what's going on with anything right did now did you hear what did you hear what jericho said about cody rhodes oh something about nobody knew who he was before yeah, for yeah. AEW and then Cody put back day. Yeah. That's just Jericho being Jericho. I don't put any stock into anything he says, and that's not just because he's, like, not worth listening to, but he's hyperbolic right. to the 10th degree. It's just part of the thing. If he was in WWE, he'd be saying nobody knows who the Young Bucks are. Think about it. It's, it's what he would do. It's uh, Yeah, it's whatever. It's fine. It's He's a pro wrestling man making pro wrestling promos 24-7. So I don't have any issue with that. It's still funny, but uh, speaking of uh, Cody, bear me. I gotta ask: Did you get the neck tattoo yet? Or sorry, the temporary tattoo you can put on your neck yet? Did you buy one yet? Did you get the weight belt yet? The merch is out. I have Maybe. not. I need. Oh. To, I need to get that weight belt though. I'm thinking about seriously getting that weight belt. Gotta get that and weight belt. Get those neck tats. Sorry, temporary tats you can put anywhere, <laughs> like your temporary. neck. Oh, dude, I'll just cover them. I'll just cover myself in head and toe. With them. Uh, that'll be for Mania, though. That'll be for Mania. Oh, okay, you, for Mania. Yeah, if he uh, faces Roman, yeah, that'll be good luck, Tets. There you go, there you go. Uh, so I guess the last thing, like I said at the start of all this, was the Bound for Glory is this weekend. Extreme Rules is this weekend. We are going to promote the FPL for this weekend because we're covering both shows. Uh, it is the Frontline Prediction League, Frontline League on Twitter. And if you go to the Frontline Prediction League, I'll say that properly and not too fast. Frontline Prediction League, those are the words. Find that on YouTube. You will see the videos that we have there for In the Trenches, hosted by Bear Me and myself. Through that is our Discord link where you can go in and do predictions for those shows. And it's going to be bonkers because I know that CT and Bear Me face each other 
this weekend, avenging a Do- Gallows-caused loss, I do believe it was, and neither know what to put their one-pointer on because these shows look unpredictable and fun. So I don't want to go down the card of this, is good, whatever, because by the time people listen to this, it's going to be afterwards, let's be honest. But I just want to talk about how fun these shows look. Like, Bound for Glory looks all right, I'll be honest. It, unpredictable is all hell. Extreme Rules looks awesome. Like, I, I just think everything about this one looks super, super fun. Uh, Bear me back to you first because it's impact. We'll get your opinion on this. What's what's your feelings on these shows? Not to dwell on it too much or anything, but just to get to kind of hit them here quick. Stream rules looks really fun. I am glad that we have a stipulation for every match because it's extreme rules. I'm glad for that. I bet Vince McMahon is like probably thinking, "What in the actual hell?" Because he hardly ever had any like you know stipulation matches. But I really like that for Extreme Rules. We're going to get a six-man match between Imperium and the Brawling Brutes and the Donnie Brook match. Like like Gunther said, what the hell is that? So I'm excited for that. I'm excited for every match on that card. As for Bound for Glory, I am hyped for the card. It's just weird that we're doing Josh and Eddie in the main event for Bound for Glory. I get why they're doing it, but I wish it was like Josh versus Ace Austin or Josh versus Steve Macklin, which... Maybe we'll get some time down the road. But, yeah, the, the Bound for Glory card looks good. I mean, we get Mia Yim and Mickey James. Could be Mickey James' last match. Masha Slamovich versus Jordan Grace is going to rule. And the tag match will be really good because the Motor City Machine Guns are one of the best to do it. And Matt Taven and Mike Bennett are doing really well in Impact. So, overall, I'm just, I'm just stoked for a really great weekend of wrestling. And I cannot wait. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I don't want to get too much into my thoughts on Bound for Glory, but like, I think the car is incredibly fun. I do not really love that Eddie Edwards is in that shot. Definitely, that's like the weird, like, ugly duckling of the card. And it terrifies me that there is a world, I think, where Eddie could win. But like, we'll see if that happens. Um, I think Extreme Rules looks just awesome. Another like premium live event where they just knock it out of the park with a card um i'm very excited for this weekend also it should be really fun but also probably stressful being in two submission matches and those two matches especially better go the way i think they are or i will just cry in the voice chat are you guys excited uh red and chemistry uh for glory it is what it is i mean i barely watch it as it is i've seen some of the cards nothing seems exciting uh about for glory maybe or they uh is it called Call Your Shot Gauntlet? Be interesting because of last year with Moose calling his shot and cashing in right after Alexander won. I wonder if they're going to tease that again. Um, but back what Beermy said, it's really great to see Extreme Rules have stipulation matches for every match. Now, if it was five out of the six, I'd still be happy. But just to only have one Extreme Rules match is like. You make the pay-per-view not even seem important anymore for its concept. It's like, I say that when you hell and sell, you only have one match. But the fact that you had an Extreme Rules pay-per-view with only one Extreme Rules match made it feel not even like a B-tier, but a C-tier pay-per-view at that point. Uh, Bound for Glory should be fun. I'm just not interested in most of the matches, especially since this is the second world title pay-per-view in a row for Bound for Glory that Josh Alexander had an opponent that shouldn't be that opponent should have been someone new like ace austin or any macklin or someone better extreme rules is gonna be awesome 
I can't wait for that entire card. What's the match that you guys are most looking forward to on uh, the Extreme Rules card? Probably that six man. I think that yeah. six man. I don't know what it's going uh, to be really. Right, but like right, they are <laughs> this feud is Violence. like low key and like the feud of the year. So I am very excited for that. I think it's going to be just like chaos. I don't know who's going to win though. That scares me. Riddle and Seth should be good. Right. Yeah, I was going to scream Riddle and Rollins. I think them if it is real, EW learn how to take a feud and make it into something. If it's just for on screen done a really good job with the, the it started with, with the parking lot and then the after raws and even this past week when the no complete p uh like yep that was only for raw now that the show's over let's go like the fact that you can't you, keep it apart was very good for the storyline i think it worked think- not having that at SummerSlam. i know some of i think some of us complained i know people in general complained when that match got pulled but like i think that built it really well i think this like two match like story worked well I'm a big fan. I think that's been a really great um, built story. Yeah, now that we got Cormier as the special referee, that's cool. Uh, I really dig that. Gives it like a big fight feel for the fight pit. But I was going to ask you guys one more question. Do you think that Gunther loses his IC title this Friday against Sheamus? Is there a possibility where that happens? Because he got the crap kicked out of him last Friday. So possible, yeah. I'm not going to predict it, though. After... It'd be very shitty to have him lose twice. Yeah, Which but my my take. I mean, Seth Rollins lost three times and he's fine. I after seeing the way that the brutes were on NXT with Imperium interfering on that, I I don't know. Like it feels like they got to pull that trigger on Sheamus, but that just might be why it's like ah, oh, all the more heartbreaking, right? I kind of feel like we'll know who will win that match, that six man match after this Friday, but like. <sighs> I have honestly no clue who's going to win it right as of right now, or or the Gunther Sheamus match on Friday. Like you could flip a coin and you could take one and I'll take the other. That's how I can do it right now. You know, and be all right with it. <laughs> Could be a uh, Scott. What's the match that you're looking most forward to for the Extreme Rules card? Because I asked, uh, I asked them. Uh, the fight pits up there, but probably the Donny Brook. Yeah. Probably that Donny Brook. The yeah. Brutes and Imperium. Well, we... Some about that is like, yeah. <laughs> That's I love how we all said the same thing. It's my style. That's yeah. just my match. I'm like low key. That doesn't have any real stakes mm-hmm. to it. But you know what? Yeah. Because Imperium are right. so good, and the Brutes are all yep. so good. So that that's. I think they know what they've got. I just hope they don't. Usos Street Profits it with SummerSlam, right? Because Money in the Bank was amazing, but SummerSlam wasn't. I hope it doesn't falter. But being Donnybrook, I think it's going to be just absolute chaos. I think that's the key part of it. It's the no holds barred, basically. So that one. If not for that, that uh, it would have been the fight pit. It would have been the fight pit. But yeah. yeah, I am also intrigued by Edge and Balor, just because I like both guys, and it's an I quit match. I want to know how they're going to make. I think I know. How, I think I know how it could end, but I really want to know how they're going to make how each one of them is going to make them say I quit. Like it's going to be. It's going to be weird. Mm-hmm. Well, we've seen I think Edge. Bianca Bailey will also be incredible. Yes. If we could get a KOD off the ladder, that would be sick. We're going to. I hope that's what we're going to go for. Yeah. It's probably going to be off a ladder onto a oh, bridged fuck. ladder. Is what yeah, because Bailey will take those. Yeah, Bailey will take those spots. Yeah. So, yeah. Kind of. Yeah. The... Sorry, Ellie and I back too. <laughs> yeah, we're, that we're guy's coming back yeah, too. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, go yeah. ahead. Man. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> 
the, my only complaint is I kind of wish it was a last minute standing versus an I quit match. But I'm kind of tired of Edge disappearing for three months for a quote unquote injury. He's not quitting, but yeah, he just keeps disappearing. Felt like that last man standing would protect him. Oh, he'd still be gone for months after that. It wouldn't change. <laughs> he can still get the shit beat out of him by three people, four people now with Dom, and still vanish. I don't think the match stip would change that. They'll still beat the crap out of him. Or he beats all quit, four. Though. Yeah, no. Yeah, I don't think he's going to say I quit. No, the good, guy, good guys don't usually say I quit. He said I quit often enough. They could play it back as a recording. There's also his yeah. friends that they could do stuff to to get him to say yep. I quit. Yep, yep. He has friends? Uh, at least one. And um, his, what, his uh, son is in the Valor's faction. Oh, oh yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, you're right. It could happen. I just don't know. Edge, Edge just doesn't lose matches. Yeah, that's true. We've we've bet against Edge too many times. I didn't at Clash, but yeah, it's it's burdensome. Look, I don't, times. I don't think Raid's listening to this. So I'll just say this: I cannot go for the heel again after Charlotte R- Ronda, where I was so <laughs> convinced. I was like, guys, no, they're just gonna play it like it's gonna be a screw job ending. I I can't. It has to be the. F- it's just that's what happens. <laughs> That's the reason. Is, that's one of the biggest reasons why I went with that. Was because yeah, mm-hmm. you just don't do it. Does Judgment Day stock fall even farther? Because it seems like they're getting to the point where they can never win the big one. Every pay per view they lose. They win on Raw and SmackDown, but on pay per views they, they just lose match after match after match. See, I, I mean, Seth, Seth went like a year without matches winning on pay per views, so I think it's fine. I, I'm sorry, but Seth and Judgment Day are on two different levels. That's Seth fair. was well established <laughs> for many years before that happened. Judgment Day came into it losing matches. Like they weren't high no. to fall down. No, Edge won like four. Like Judgment Day won like four pay per views in a row. Le- okay, it's with Edge the, though. The is what it means. Yeah, the Finn Balor Judgment Day, whatever you want to call it has fallen ever since Ed, Edge left. I mean, I, I don't think so, because they're in this position now with a solid chance of winning it. Don't tell CT that, but the, we're still talking like Balor really should win this. We're still thinking that, even after all that. So I don't think the stock has fallen I, that much. Is it a likely thing? No, because they have lost a lot. But I think they're doing good with this character work right now with Dom and Rhea and Balor. And even Priest is doing well on his own. So I think they could keep this going. They could lose maybe like another match or two. As long as they maybe win the... If they do a Survivor Series match, maybe they win that one. Yeah. Because you figure then Dom would probably get a win on Rand or something maybe. That's what I would think would happen. I don't know. They seem but... to be positioning them as still a big deal. And like, even if people don't take them seriously or treat it as a joke, the company isn't. And that's night right. and day compared to what we've seen before where it's like, oh, this guy's back, and he's whatever, and he just loses in a minute. Yeah, they're not treating and, him serious either, so of course I'm not going to. But they still treat Judgment Day like an actual thing. So I, I feel that does go a long way in that regard. Again, it, it is a little bit hard to predict what's going to happen with these matches because, like CT said earlier, there's only the ceiling that you can just go up so high because Lashley's facing Rollins on Monday, and I think that Rollins is going to beat Bobby Lashley. Yeah. So if we're going to go by the heels and face type thing, Balor ain't going to be getting no title shot here in like a while, so he's got to, they're probably just going to keep continuing this feud somehow, I don't know how, but AJ. I mean AJ's you know. still involved, yeah. I do remember him and Finn 
that that's got history as right. well. So yeah, they're also Ooh, losing to like Edge. Like there's like way worse people you could be losing to than like right. Legend who's considered one of the best of all time. I agree with you to a point, Red, but I don't think as of now it's to the point where like they're ruined. I know every pay per view now that Wyatt's not here, everyone has to say, "Oh, Judgment Day's ruined. They can never be built up again mm-hmm. because they lost to Edge." And like that's stupid. I think and I, that's what not if. What if it's Bray Wyatt that pulls out the strings for Judgment Day? What if he comes out and be the leader and he makes Edge somehow say, I quit? I don't. Hey, him and um, Valor of History, Sister Abigail and the Demon working Mm -hmm. together now. Right, yeah. Oh, we could. So are you telling me we could bring that promo back of Sister Abigail versus the Halloween Demon? We could get it for real? (laughs) The the lost match we never got? Oh. I remember that because I was like, "Man, who the hell do I pick?" Let's that? let's let's say this right now. It's October fifth. If Bray Wyatt comes back as Sister Abigail, we said it first. <laughs> what do you think Twitter's reaction would be if it was Bray Wyatt, but it was as Sister Abigail facing the Pumpkin Fiend? Like, I don't know if they would love that or hate it. Because I would. <laughs> that sounds amazing. <laughs> I would like it too, but the internet would burn down. No, they did because they did it wrong, right? So yeah, right. (laughs) Uh, Thank God everyone just got sick with some virus that week, and we got like just Balor and AJ in a great match. Yeah, just because. Yeah, they flew AJ like three hours to get there. It was so good. Um, Yeah, because we got brother and Roman. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because we got Demon Balor there. Yeah, it was. We got the Demon, and he faced AJ. Yeah. We also got the funniest moment in the company's history as Kurt Angle joined the Shield and like dressed up as the Shield and was just this old dad with like. Oh, dude! Rock. When he came out, he had his arms raised behind him. Oh, that was just oh, it's the greatest thing ever. He looks so happy. Uh, uh, Shield Kurt. And then he Go went to, went to the back and still came back out with his own music. He had to have two entrances. It was <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Did. I mean, the, the the last thing I want to mention, because I thought I kind of thought this earlier today, actually for the past couple of days, with, with Josh Alexander in Bound for Glory facing Eddie Edwards, is is bland, right? Like, for he's champ like almost all year. He he won the title from Moose, and then at Slammiversary he faced Eric Young, and he's got Eddie Edwards here at Bound for Glory. Like the biggest marquee ones are against bland guys, and I don't mean that as a knock against Eric Young or Eddie Edwards. I just don't care as much. I, I like they're they're definitely good. They're solid. They're great. But the Which, Tomohiro Ishii yeah. defense was more interesting. The Joe Doring defense was more interesting. All these other Impact Plus shows were way more interesting. I felt, and the big ones get like a reliable one, but it doesn't seem like a marquee match to me. Like there, there's something missing from Josh's run, even though he's been great as champion. It's like I'd almost rather it be a rematch with Moose. <laughs> right like yeah. let's do that again or give him i, I want him to do him versus macklin now i wanted to be yeah. him versus ace austin but apparently ace Austin's gonna be ace austin's gonna be Who? tag team work so. macklin right. won the full metal mayhem whatever it was against moose and sammy callahan and yep. that was two weeks ago what's he get he gets to be in the call your shot gauntlet with moose and sammy callahan and bobby fish and, and it, a few others like why the hell the didn't he thursday Oh, what, what, it's Macklin versus it's Macklin versus Moose with Sammy Callahan as a special guest. Oh, uh, yeah. So like, I I, I get it, but <laughs> Macklin versus Alexander, I, I know Macklin isn't as big of a draw. I get that, but this is how you could help that. That sounds infinitely more interesting than him and Eddie Edwards. 
as far as I'm he concerned. He's more fire behind him than Edwards, though. Yeah, yeah. like it's it's such a it's a better match. It's a better match. I feel. I agree with you. There's even like say which one. I think Callahan would be like an interesting Callahan's defense. Callahan's like, yep. like, versus Extreme Ace Austin. Viermi, you mentioned Callahan everyone in Jericho. Everyone a year ago was like, "Oh, they're doing Ace Austin. He's gonna do the oh. um, the X division, and then he's gonna cash it in." Everyone was so sure, dude. He's a junior tag team right now. Like, what is going on with these people? Impact. This is what I said. Bobby Fish fits in perfectly with like the Eddie Edwards group, the Eric Young group, where they're like, "Yeah, they're good," but like, I don't know. There's no fire behind them. There's no interest really. Bring over Jay White again. Have him main event against Alexander. That sounds like a, a marquee match to me, right? Like Jonah yeah. couldn't make it to the UK. Have him in here. He and Alexander had some awesome matches. Do that again. Like it yeah. I don't know. Honestly, this, Edwards bores me. And I, I don't mean that as a huge negative. I just eh. and as a heel is even worse because he doesn't change anything. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly though. I wouldn't be mad if Macklin were to have faced Josh Alexander here and beat him yeah. because he's been doing such good work mm-hmm. and he's really come a long way in his character. And man, he just killed it at that uh, victory road match, dude. He was awesome. Remember and he won. Remember yeah. when Macklin kind of debuted in that triple threat? I think it was with Trey <laughs> and was it ACE? I forget who he faced in that X of triple threat, but it's like, Super high flying guy yeah. versus a techno guy, and then d- some dude. Okay, who's Macklin? Okay, we we've seen him. Okay, this is whatever, and he stole the show because there mm-hmm. was the high flying segment, then there was the cool technician segment, and then he just started beating the shit out of both of them with insanity. And I'm like, this dude's awesome. Like, it's, yeah. it, he won me over in that moment, and he just beat f- two former world champions in a pay per view main event. Yeah, it's an Impact Plus pay per view, but still. In their canon, that's he won a pay-per-view main event two weeks ago, three weeks ago, whatever it was, a week, not even a week ago. Why is he not the one for that? It, it just, yeah, it just makes more sense. He also he beat more. Jay White in that triple threat. He did. When I messaged you, thinking it was a mistake that you picked Steve Macklin. Yeah, I picked. Yeah, didn't I think didn't he beat him one on one too? Or am I thinking? No, I'm thinking Saban beat Jay yeah, White. I think uh, Saban. Jay White. Yeah. It was- un- yeah. Under under recognized, Jay White had an awesome year of this like helping work with Impact. Yeah, that, he didn't really get anything out of it great. aside from some cool matches. <laughs> that was so hey, fun. I got one. Is. I got one for you guys though, because the Moose thing happened last year, right? We had to call your shot gauntlet where he won and then beat Alexander, right? That was yeah. last year. The coolest moment of the year when okay. he stood over his son protecting him. What are you okay, getting? Okay, so at? here we are. <laughs> now Steve Macklin. They've been pushing him pretty hard. He's in this Collier Shot Gauntlet, right? Uh-huh. What do you think? You know how they say lightning can strike twice? Now, what happens if he wins that Collier Shot Gauntlet and he comes out after Bound for Glory and then beats Alexander It does it again? <laughs> lightning strikes twice. Would you be all right with it? Yes. Yeah? <laughs> See? I'd almost love it if the match was about to start and he cashed in the gauntlet then. Like... Oh, that'd be awesome. Mega yeah. triple threat, let's go. Because I win these. Yeah, that like, would be. Oh, I'll be a badass. But it'll probably be after, let's be honest. Um, yeah. Not gonna lie, I would love if Moose won and yeah. just cashed again after. That's where I thought you were going, was Moose again. Yes. Oh, oh no, that would be great. That would be great, too. I mean, yeah. But then, like, Alexander counters it and they have an actual match, but Moose probably still wins it. Yeah, no. He grabs yeah. uh, Alexander's son, throws him at the ref, and then nut shots uh, Alexander. <laughs> right. Ooh. A triple threat I'll be cool with, but anything else, I have the same gripe as I had with the Money in the Bank briefcase. 
like somebody to hold on to it for more than one night. Oh yeah, it's it's more fun what? when they carry this thing yeah. for a while. Yes, yeah. But that was the first time they did it like that. No, they've done the color shot for a while. Yeah, that, but that was the first time they did it like. Uh, oh, same day. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. it hasn't really been treated like a money in the bank thing before, has it? Like it's always been obviously the gimmick. You get to pick your thing, but like exactly. it's always been just kind of like ahead of time, this casual thing. I know Rhino won it the year before when it was supposed to be Heath, but then Heath got injured mid match, and they did like a tag team thing. Like it's never been treated like this, but I think yeah. it does help to add fire to Impact and add like this really big like oh it could happen tonight for any title also that's like kind of the cool thing is you never know what match is mm-hmm. going to be cashed in on you never know what it's going to go for <laughs> i remember finjuice like was like wait what the hell was that <laughs> we didn't know about that what, what is this like yeah they were they were confused by it it was fun uh yeah it should be a, a definite fun absolutely chaotic weekend for all of that um i know that even GCW's got their uh, fight card, whatever it's called. I think is it Fight Club? Two days. Mox versus Gage. Title versus Career. That's this weekend as well. Like, that's also happening. There, there's a lot of wrestling this weekend. And by the time you hear this, I hope it was all good and fun. And that our shows were fun. And you put your picks in and didn't forget about those because they're on Friday and Saturday. And all is good there. And then we'll see you for Halloween Havoc because that's actually a show happening toward the end of the year or end of the month. So... Yeah, and I guess we'll leave it there unless any last developments happen during Dynamite. I know it's ended now, but nothing else has come out. We're all good, I think, so I think we can wrap it up there. Did did anything else happen? Any more news? But happy Canadian Thanksgiving early. Oh, yeah, that's Monday. Uh, Yeah, I have Monday off. (laughs) Uh, It's Canadian Thanksgiving. Yes, yes. Fun fact, I almost forgot about that until yesterday. But yeah, that's uh, that that's a kind of a fun historic anniversary for us. Kind of really moving things together with the FPL on top of the card. So extra celebrations on that for us on that uh, that day. But yeah, it'll be good. Thank you for that. And uh, when's yours? Like November twenty something, twenty third or something. Twenty fourth. Oh, it's good guess. I was close on that. I was close. And yeah. Survivor Series is right around there, right? Like a week prior. Uh, I believe so. I think it's I the think. 19th. Yeah, maybe I think it's around there. So yeah, so yeah, happy early American Thanksgiving. But I'll say it again later. I'll probably forget about it too. Who, who am I kidding? But uh, this has been Top of the Card. Thank you everybody for listening again. This is Top of the Card Pod on Twitter, Top of the Card Podcast on Spotify, on iTunes, where you're listening to it now, of course. And you can also go to our Frontline League Twitter, Frontline Prediction League on YouTube, and put in the picks for that. Or by this point, probably go read the results from our two last shows and get prepped for the upcoming stuff. Maybe CT tapped out to Bear Me. Maybe Bear Me tapped out to CT. Maybe CT's not even world champion anymore. Who the heck knows? You probably do by the time you're listening to this. So we'll see you there at that point. But thanks again. This is Top of the Card Pod for the guys. Have a good night. Or I tapped two bitches out that oh! weekend. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Well, oh, oh yep. sorry. Oh, we have no, we have an answer yet. So I was I was, I was leaving. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. That's yeah. right. Jimmy C, go ahead. I have no idea what was just happening. Sorry. <laughs>